Energy connected with exceptional minds It's a healing in my soul, the feeling divine Dark rooms in my psyche, I turn into shrines All the haters' comments, I turn into rhymes Read it back and it said, ah, never mind Redirecting this radiant thought process To things more meaningful, I'm focused on progress It's selective commentary that I digest Only needs to be constructive or it's nonsense Nowadays seem to speak from my conscience Submerged in this rap world, directing this content To whomever have goals to accomplish This energy welcomes you to be one with Opportunity for you to have fun if You let go, feel free, and you love this Yep, the vibe Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dimensional Dreams podcast. This is your host Didi and I am so glad to be talking with you today. Today is going to be a very fun, a very enlightening, I believe, podcast episode. Um, So today is the 27th of June, which is an important day for me and my family, um, as well as tomorrow is the new moon in Cancer, which I'm really excited about on the 28th. And then the 29th, just for a fun fact, um, is actually Ray and I's marriage anniversary. So we'll be eight years today. Um, So it's very interesting because Cancer season is always very insightful for me. And um, the full moon in Cancer this year is also on a pretty interesting day as well. Uh, But it's very insightful for me. I love Cancers. (laughs) I do. I love Cancers. I love water signs. Um, But there's a lot that I understand about Cancers. Um, And I'm primarily probably because my, even though I'm a Capricorn, my son is in the fourth house and I have a fourth house stellium, which also includes my north node. Um, and so I have a very interesting dynamic with a foundational family ties in a very uh, spiritual, multidimensional way, as well as a very down-to-earth way. And I also kind of attribute that to um, my North Node is actually um, is uh, sorry, I is in Sagittarius, um, and my that's with my IC. So my midheaven is Gemini. Um, and so the highest point in my chart is actually Gemini, though Gemini is actually my south node. And so it sets up this very interesting dynamic of a sort of integration and balance between the past and the future while intertwining the present. Um, while figuring out the dynamics of human connection at large, as well as within my own family structure, and a very interesting integration between um, bloodline of the past and integrating that information to right now to have a really good family dynamic moving forward for the future generations. Of course, um, for my own personal family, but as well as how we integrate and we offer what we can to society at large. Um, so it's it's a very, very interesting uh, dynamic, so to speak. It's a very, very interesting dynamic. So I'm really feeling this new moon in Cancer. 
um, and how it's coming across, uh, there's two things that I really wanted to talk about before we get into the tarot reading. And of course, just for the sake of time, um, I don't want to go into a very in-depth study uh, or like a very in-depth explanation of what I'm talking about. So of course, if you have questions, you're more than likely to email me at dimensionaldreamsdd, that's two letter d's, at gmail.com. So the first thing here is um, definitely uh, this energy has been coming up about the starseed light worker dynamic, um, especially when you get into the spiritual community about this thought of um, uh, this big wave of ascension coming, this big wave of consciousness coming. And I do have a friend who, who I love very much who's a Taurus, uh, and I'll get into that in a minute. <clears throat> but who's a Taurus who did spark this surety of my belief system around this and how the universe works at a macrocosm level as well as the microcosm level. Okay, so let's, I, I just want to give like a sort of clarity, especially when we're talking about cancer we're talking about the mother we're talking about home we're talking about um cancers are the gatekeepers of the physical realm and your physical realm home starts with your mother <laughs> she is the first home that you have she is the gateway between you and this incorporeal form the spirit form where you know where we come from before we are manifested from a thought <laughs> you know, into an actual physical womb, into an incarnation, into a body. She's your first home. And then, of course, your mother's relationship with your father or whoever is in the home when you are born starts to create this um, metaphysical concept of a not just physical home, but your um, <clears throat> uh, your uh, sort of etheric, more... A vibrational energetic home okay so this is very important because I see a lot of with certain people in the spiritual community there's this idea that you are a star seed that has awakened and you are helping out the collective and you've come here to awaken consciousness and help out with all these different ascension points and things like that <clears throat> However, a lot of people have a very uh, warped relationship with their mother. And so this mothering position of coming to teach and coming to help, right? Because teaching is one version of it. Teacher-student is not as personal as mothering someone or, you know... Um, embracing them and helping them through the steps of life. There's like a, a love of compassion and empathy that goes into that, which is more of like a mothering position, which most people in the spiritual community inherently are in a position of mothering. And I'm not excluding the father, um, but we're just talking about cancer, which is uh, more associated to the feminine house, more associated to the mother right now. So I'm not downplaying the father's role in anything. The father does play a very, very big role, but we're focusing on the mother right now because of cancer season, <clears throat> which is also very interesting because if you look up um, visceral fat, <laughs> 
visceral actually translates um, to emotional. So your emotions do have a way of triggering fat. Um, so we're talking about this very emotional, deep, compassionate, nurturing energy. So how does that play out with this saving people thing? So there's a lot of people who feel like there's some kind of energetic shift and that there's a new earth coming and that, you know, people will be able to shift to new earth and blah, 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 blah. And that, you know, um, the dark forces are receding and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> From what I have been shown in life, um, and it's a very interesting uh, duality between what we consider more realistic version of reality and a more esoteric version of reality, (laughs) which both intermingle with each other, clearly. It's not one or the other, it's both. When you say that you're going to shift to a new earth, inherently what you're saying is that you're going to leave this earth behind and go to a better realm. Now, the issue with that is just the conscious awareness that by saying that, you're saying that your contract with this earth is up and you have done what you needed to do on this earth. And so you're going to take the exit point of going to this new earth, 5D consciousness as your baseline, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's fine. If you completely understand that that's what you're saying. This consciousness shift is for the people who are able to shift, they will shift. There is a sort of discrepancy of realizing that when you have a spontaneous awakening or some type of dark night of the soul awakening, My personal theory right now, and this is where a lot of this is coming from, my personal theory, which could change and develop over time and sound a little bit different in the future. But right now, um, the energy of what I'm talking about is that my current belief system is that you have probably worked through a lot of things in the past and you have some type of spiritual merit built up that allows you to awaken before you tack on um, really, really, really terrible karma. Um, and so your spiritual merit sort of kicks in and wakes you up. Now, you get the spiritual merit by in past lives, you have made amends for things that you've done in the past. You know, you've been a pretty good person, relatively speaking. And so you have this ability to wake up. Everyone on this earth plane, dimension, 3D, dimension, whatever reality we're in, does not have access to that, which is why this concept of the star seed light worker, blah, 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 is here. Okay, so if you are a light worker, star seed, shadow worker, mystic healer, you're here to help people awaken. Your position is not primarily a one of awakening yourself. Okay, your primary way of helping out your primary offering to this dimension is to assist those who do not probably have a super high chance of awakening. It is to help people who are sort of on this consciousness cusp, which is a little bit difficult to explain because I'm not sure exactly what the mechanism is that 
you know, determines like, okay, I'm going on this path and then I get awakening and then my trajectory of life changes. I take the opportunity to awaken. I develop my character and now I'm on a good timeline versus I get this opportunity to awaken. I don't take it. I go to sleep and then I die. That's pretty much how it seems to go. Um, So I'm saying that to say that if you are here and one of your main ways of offering to society is to help people awaken, you will probably not be doing a full shift to 5D. Now, you probably have more access to this dimension and maybe be able to pull in some other modalities with a lot more tangible, physical results. Yes, but primarily your goal in this life because there's sort of in the spiritual community this thought that like the ideal of the spiritual community is to awaken to this light body rainbow body to you know completely transcend this dimension whatever my personal theory is that that is for people who um are on the first few awakenings (laughs) People who, uh, you know, to keep them on the path of awakening, who didn't know that they could perfect their character. Now, if you're someone who knows that you can perfect your character, you're going through these steps and it seems familiar to you and you really just felt like, I woke up out of a crazy dream. I like, whoa, where has the consciousness gone? I can tell you pretty much most of the time it's going to be that your end goal is not awakening. Your end goal is remembering so that you can help other people to awaken, which means that you are going to still be in 3D consciousness. (laughs) Uh, You know, like a very down-to-earth example is like, you know, teachers with children. There are some teachers who come to teach the teachers, right? But a lot of us are the teachers that are coming to teach students. And that's not like, oh, you know what? There's a brand new... um, teaching a building that's got much better kids to teach (laughs) and so I'm gonna go over to that school where there's better kids to teach because these kids are super super horrible some people will choose to do that and that is the prerogative that's fine I'm not making a judgment whether that's you know positive or negative whatever but if you believe that you are here to teach the in a sense at-risk youth then you will still be in 3D consciousness. You are not going to completely shift to fifth dimensional consciousness and leave this behind. Now, another little asterisk mark here is that if um, your contract is not up, you haven't done the full offering that you um, committed to doing before you came here, you also will not be completely shifting to 5D consciousness. Okay, because spirituality can have a very thin, fine line between um, coping mechanisms, especially people who are like, you know, really in this, I'm just going to ascend and transcend into love and everything else will just work itself out. It's a coping mechanism. Um, There's stages to even spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual development as well. Okay, so wanted to talk about that. The second thing is that there are um, 
the second thing is that uh, a spiritual person, I'm just using spiritual as this term to, you know, define a certain energy frequency I'm talking about. Um, but we're just going to say spiritual just for the sake of it, but there's many different levels to spiritual and what people consider to be spiritual. But <clears throat> for there, the second thing I was going to say, there, there is a lot of benefit to a spiritual person being in the quote-unquote spiritual community or spiritual industry. A spiritual person doing tarot readings, a spiritual person doing Reiki sessions, a spiritual person doing traditionally spiritual-sounding things. There's a lot of benefit in that. There's also a lot of benefit, and I would argue maybe a tad a bit more of a benefit of spiritual people being in traditionally more secular, quote-unquote, unawakened positions. Could you imagine if we had a medium as a police officer? <laughs> a medium as a police officer, right? Okay, someone who is a channeler, you know, a high-frequency channeler as, let's say, international relations ambassadors, right? Um, you know, someone with the gift of gab and the gift of sound, someone who knows how to bring you into stories, who knows how to animate stories, who gives very vivid things. They could definitely go into writing stories, but as a teacher, to engage people into information, right? Do you understand what I'm getting with this? Someone who is a Reiki specialist doing hair, right? So when we're talking about spiritual people in spiritual modalities, you know, in traditionally spiritual jobs, we'll say, um, those are spiritualists who are helping other spiritualists, which is needed. And I'm not saying that should go away. However, what I am saying is that um, how we do another way of helping and anchoring in this mothering, divine mother, divine feminine, nurturing, loving, teaching, rearing spiritual children is also to put these into everyday things that a quote-unquote every day unawakened person could benefit from, <laughs> you know, someone who knows how to channel energy through their hands, positive energy through their hands, um, working with hair is a very easy way to talk to people, be compassionate with people, hear their everyday thing, and also to give them a really nice positive infusion um, of wonderful energy um, as they're getting their hair done. It's already a relaxing experience. It's already, you know, um, a, a sort of therapeutic experience. So this would be a wonderful place um, to go and start helping people to awaken to their own emotions, right? Because that's really what awakening is. Like, it is this wild, you know, esoteric experience that you can't really explain and it's, you know, blah, 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 blah. It is all those things, but the very core and basis of it, of what I understand right now is that it's really an emotional awakening. Um, it's a, it's a form of resensitizing you to energies that feel good and feel bad. 
and then you having to have the courage to adjust to that because before um, you were desensitized to it. <laughs> and that has a lot to do, this resensitization, this re feeling things has a lot to do with even your spiritual potential, your ability to get higher level information. Um, The body, the mind, the soul are really intricately connected. So I wanted to say that, okay? So let's get into our tower reading, then we'll get into our (laughs) dream and how I feel like that's relevant. Okay, so... (laughs) The first card that we had out was actually the Justice card. So the Justice card is the number 11, which is a master number. It's also a doorways card. It's also a gateway card. And that's what we're talking about. Cancer is the gateway to the physical realm. And it's um, what I find with Cancer is a lot is that they um, it's very hard pressed to find a Cancer who's not financially stable in some type of way. And that, in a sense, is like their motherly energy of keeping the household stable. Um, Keeping it functioning, keeping it stable, making sure the money is there so everyone can emotionally be present or has the opportunity to be emotionally present. Now, whether people take the opportunity is another thing. But it's very much a foundational um, uh, earth earthly undertone energy um it's very hard pressed to find a cancer who's not financially stable (laughs) um and so this 11 energy which can definitely be associated i've seen associated to jonas who is the um uh, roman god of gateways and doorways and things like that which equates to it could be actual doorways and archways But if it is, those are associated to doorways and archways of the mind as well. So it's a symbol that's supposed to trigger your subconscious mind to realize that you're walking from one area of consciousness into a different area of consciousness. That's usually what doors, in a sense, represent. You're going from one area of a house, living room, or whatever, and now you're transitioning into a bedroom, which has a different feel. A living room has more of an energetic feel, and I'm, I'm making this example because cancer is associated to the home, um, to your actual home, where you live, where you abide, your safe haven, your safe space. And so, you know, your bedroom usually has a more personal, more intimate feel. So living room is more of a social gathering. And so these doorways and archways are subconscious triggers to let you know that the energy has shifted. And so, you know... <laughs> In a sense, going from the living room energy to the bedroom energy is a different brain wave that you're going into. You're going from more of a a beta state of awake and alive and entertaining to a more somber, you know, more alpha, theta, delta state of awareness. And these different brain states, these different energy shifts have a lot to do with Um, the best way to interact with this new space in order to have a good experience, right? And we're just talking about stereotypically because, of course, sometimes you don't have people in your living room and so you can stay in the same energy. However, uh, doors usually symbolize that there's a separation. Um, What is on one side of the door is 
inherently the the purpose of it is something different than what's on the other side of the door, right? Like a door on a building. One side of the door means that you're stepping into, let's say, if it's a door to a church. Okay, this door is representing you're going from the outside world into a building that's purpose is for worship. And so you're going from one brain state of being immersed in the world and interacting with all these different people to now you're stepping into a place that's much more sacred, that's much more um, focused on a specific goal, a specific energy. Okay, so John is number 11. Uh, um, Justice card is also associated with Libra, okay, which is all about balance, but I think more of integration, integration. And in a sense, you as the human are the integration of these different energy spaces because you are the vehicle that um, directs the energy, right? So like this door, right? It does denote a separation. However, um, it's up to the actual human being to upkeep what the purpose for this was so if you have a whole bunch of humans that go into a building and they still act like it's outside then even though the purpose of this doorway was to signal a change um it won't be abided by because the the one that's supposed to live up to the change is not recognizing that change so in a sense you are the integration because you fulfill these certain um, changes in frequency. So anyways, okay. So I'm going to kind of bring it, bring it back down. So I feel like I was getting really, really esoteric, but <laughs> hopefully that makes sense. Um, but the justice card coming out, um, there's also, I feel like, especially with this new moon coming up, um, tomorrow, and I think it's going to be 1045 Eastern time, which is 9.45 Central Time, so my time zone, it'll be 7.45, oh, which is Taurus, 7.9 is Taurus, um, 7.45 Mountain Time, um, so there's some type of, um, how would I say that, some type, I'm hearing some type of harvest that's coming to you. And if it doesn't, if it if it's not perfectly clear to you what was given to you, I would sit down and request it and request to see it, you know, in a meditation or something. So if you're listening to this, the justice card is here, which is Libra. And I'm feeling it as it's giving a gift. There's something that you... Are supposed to be receiving okay and so if you are not able to recognize it then sit down in meditation and ask for it or ask what it was so that you can see it you know it's very interesting because I heard this quote today from this woman and I wasn't sure how it was going to be integrated into this but she said that the brain that the eyes cannot recognize what the brain does not know and in her example, she was talking about um, human trafficking and how she, as a doctor, was not able to see the signs of human trafficking before she understood 
um, the signs to look for, right? And it's very interesting because in the Bible, and you hear Jesus say a lot, if you have um, the ears to hear, and it's sort of the same concept of that your ears work and you can hear. However, there's still a translation of your brain, of your between your consciousness and your brain, of being able to d- differentiate different sounds and to, in a sense, compartmentalize them to get a translation of what's actually going on. Like your eyes work and you can see. However, it doesn't mean that you can clearly decipher all of the energy and the picture of what's being presented. But for some of you, well, for all of you, and I don't always say that, but I'm saying it now. Um, I don't always say that, but I'm saying it now. Um, there's something that is coming to you, some type of something that is coming to you as a gift. And they want you to be able to recognize it. There's like the, a disconnect between recognizing it here. And that's, that's how you could miss it, is that you don't recognize it because you can't see that it's supposed to be a gift for you. So if you don't have that and you're like, oh, this must be my gift. Like within three days of hearing this, it doesn't have to be around the new moon. But just within three days of hearing this, if you haven't, realized it then ask for it also in this justice card that i'm seeing um for some people there might be a past life here connected to the templars the knights templars um because i'm using the muse tarot and for me the justice card the woman on it always looks like joan of arc to me um some french heroine to me um and there's also uh geometric figures on here, which is interesting because that's going to be partially what the dream is about today is science and science interconnectedness with spirituality and metaphysical um, concepts and things like that. So there's something coming to you. Be on the lookout. So let's see what other things are coming here. Yeah, and also um, the number 11 also associates to the second house. Um, which is Taurus, which is the Taurus house. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because I heard like the, um, uh, I heard, uh, you know, Taurus to me always represents the Pope, you know, in a sense of like some type of religious authority figure. And I heard, like, um, it'd be really good to start thinking of the religion of science (laughs) Um, in order to make that sort of integration between the connection between science and spirituality, you know, um, and things like that, that the energy that spirituality represents um, can be duplicated in multiple different realities. And I kind of feel like if there was a counterpart to spirituality, it would be science. But science is like the partner in the relationship that's really behind on their spiritual development. But they could be a very equal counterpart if they sped it up some. (laughs) 
So the next card we have out here is the Nine of Wands. And with the Nine of Wands, it's in reverse. Um, the Nine of Wands to me usually represents like having to like fight for and defend, you know, your thought pattern and what's right. It's kind of like a, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I'd say vigilante. I mean, that could be like a more extreme version of it, but like an activist kind of card you know, on the world stage, but in a very personal sense, just, you know, standing up for what you believe in. But in reverse, it's kind of saying here that this is kind of esoteric, but I'm going to say it anyway. But um, how would I say that? Uh, if you look at people who come and talk to you, I'm going to, I'm going to pour, I'm going to pull this out because that's very relevant here. Um, if you look at people who come and talk to you as specifically sent to talk to you, then you'll realize that if you have opposing viewpoints, um, if you're very, very careful about where you interject and where you do stand up for yourself, eventually what you'll find is that this meeting was orchestrated to pull you a little bit more back to center. Does that make sense? So let's say because I pulled out the four, the number four, which is the emperor card, which in astrology, um, the quote unquote opposite sign of Libra, which is justice, um, is Aries, who's represented by the emperor card, the number four, which in the way that it's set up right now, um, the four is, is a higher octave of 11, which is two. It's a higher octave of 11. It's four. And so um, even that they're right underneath each other is very telltale because in astrology, they're seen as quote-unquote opposite signs. Some people call them sister signs, um, but how I look at them is like two opposite ends of the same spectrum. And so when you're coming against a belief system with another person who it feels like you're in opposition for both of you, it's actually trying to bring you more to a more central idea. And if you take this opportunity as an opportunity to fuss <laughs> or to defend yourself, you're going to miss out on what this person is coming into your life to tell you about. So for a lot of people, especially since Libra is an air sign, a mind sign, and uh, Aries is a fire sign, a passion sign. Um, maybe for a lot of you, this gift is going to be a new way of thinking about things, um, a new direction to go in to explore. Now, just because a new opportunity is coming up to explore it or a new way of thinking is coming up, doesn't mean that you have to completely leave behind your foundation or leave behind your belief system. But sometimes I've found in my life that they'll put me in a situation of looking at something or entertaining something that I wouldn't necessarily look into in order to get more perspective, gain more compassion, get more understanding about things. Um, because it's beneficial in the long run um, for there to be harmony um, between things. So it doesn't mean that this new thing coming in that you have to completely switch over to it and leave everything behind, but it's coming in for a reason. And it is a gift to be able to have a firm foundation in yourself and what you believe, 
um, and have such a firm foundation that you can branch out into other things and not get lost. Okay, so let's see. And I feel like there's definitely some type of belief system here about power dynamics that are going to come into play. Um, but you don't have to defend yourself. Um, certain people uh, don't necessarily have the skill set yet to talk to different people in different modalities and different belief systems and not fight with them when they're in different places. Um, but the encouragement here is to not defend yourself and just to um, allow the conversation to kind of be bumpy until you guys figure out what both of you are coming to learn. And even if the other person doesn't recognize that you're also coming to tell them something, um, still don't fight about it. Just do the best that you can to hear what they have to say and also add in um, points that you feel like could be expansive, um, not to be belittling, not to make them seem silly, even if you feel like it is silly, um, but points that are helpful. And I feel like primarily why it's coming in, because there's another four card with the four of cups in reverse, is because your guides, your spirit team, your ancestors, your angels, whoever it is, there's someone that you can't visibly see um, most of the time or something like that, um, who's trying to give you a message. And the message is not coming through super clearly because you're in a certain expertise. You're in a certain very um, sure mindset. And they want to introduce a concept to you that will help some type of development. Um, and so one of the ways that they like to introduce this concept when you are in when you're interpreting it in your reality and sort of changing what they're trying to say um, is to bring in an energy that is opposing to you. Because sometimes when um, there is like a disagreement energy, what people say, it sticks a lot more than when you're in agreement with someone. Then you kind of your brain can just kind of lump everybody together and be like, yeah, we agree. So we think the same exact way. So sometimes it's kind of hard to bring in more information in a way that you are comfortable with. And so they'll bring in a, a way that you're not comfortable with <laughs> because that opposition, sometimes you'll be ruminating over these conversations. And then eventually, hopefully you'll understand the overall gist of why it happened and what they wanted you to get out of it. Um, that's overall what's going on. Okay, so let's see if there's more information on this. Yeah, interesting. Ooh, interesting. So there's Leo energy showing up here. There's some type of major step that they want you to take. Some type of leadership position, some type of leadership role, or taking back a leadership position, taking back a position of authority. Um... And I kind of see it like maybe in family dynamics of like, you know, if you've been in like a, like, let's say you're in a grandmother position, um, they want you to get back into the position of a grandmother. Maybe you've been more in a child position. Maybe you've been more in a, you know, mothering position when you should be in a grandmother position. You know, maybe, you know, you're 
uh, someone's sibling, but you've been in their mother position. They want you to get back into a sibling position. Um, there's something about repositioning yourself back to the role that you are given. And that role is where your power is. And it's very intricately designed so that you don't overstretch yourself as a leader and you don't underestimate yourself as a leader as well. Um, but there's also some type of spiritual next level that they've been trying to offer to give you more possibilities in life, but there's some type of um, hurt that has happened that is keeping you from exploring these new paths and exploring this new upgrade, this new experience that they really want you to have. And so this energy is coming in as a gift <laughs> um, to expand your mind so that you can start to let some of that past um, pain or doubt, uncertainty, whatever it is, so that you can be much more open to new possibilities and you can take yourself to these new possibilities like a new possibility or a new path doesn't mean you have to abandon who you were you can take yourself there and then figure out how to shape these opportunities to fit you um, or choose a different path but there's almost like a stuck energy here that they want to kind of shift you out of and when you do shift out of it you realize that it is a gift of choice, <laughs> um, which which can open you up to really a lot of creativity, um, which can lead to happiness. Um, so for some people here, there's also some type of truth coming in about finances oh and that's so interesting because on this card there's like a woman here in fetal position and like a white robe that I've never seen before and this is the five of pentacles which is kind of like a when you're in a I don't know why I want to say it but like a toxic relationship with money um <laughs> and there is a woman here literally that I've never seen before on this card who is in fetal position in a white garb that's in fetal position um so there's some type of truth here about your dynamics with money but money also representing energy where you're giving out too much energy and so you never feel like you have money left for yourself you're giving out too much energy and so you never feel like you can get any kind of stability in your money um, you're always giving to everyone or anyone outside of your home. So you're never building the relationships within your home to leave a legacy behind. There's something about this that is coming up, some type of truth that's coming up. And being able to untangle the belief systems that make you over self-sacrificing, right? Because in this reality mothers um, can have a very challenging time, especially between, you know, raising your kids, you know, having fun with your kids, career, legacy, you know, and finding all the time in the days to do, 
you know, be a cook, be a babysitter, to just be a friend, to just have a good time, to take care of yourself. You know, if you have a partner, take care of your partner, you know, to even be taken care of. There's a lot of things to fit into a lot of different things when you are in the position of mothering someone or mothering something. Um, so there's a, a thought here about, you know, trying to break away from so much self-sacrificing and finding a healthy level of empathy and how you show your empathy and what your actions are after empathy. Yeah, because we have the Ten of Pentacles here in reverse. And so with the Five of Wands in reverse at the bottom of the deck, which for me personally is Black Magic cards. But here I'm going to read it as... um, some type of family dynamic that's continued for long enough to where you can like consider it a quote-unquote curse, right? Because a curse in and of itself, what it's representing is like some type of dynamic that no one is able to recognize. And if your your eyes can see it, but you don't know it, um, you'll still miss it. That's kind of the idea of what a curse is, something that's in the subconscious that is uh has a lot of different energies going on um and so you can't see clearly what's causing the issues but the issue is there and so it's doing its job <laughs> of causing confusion and chaos um and i feel like mainly the confusion and chaos is coming around a legacy um how to get the support you need how to get the connections you need and how to also you know keep building and keep healthy the relationships and you know family dynamics that you have now while building this legacy um so there's a lot of information coming around that and it is in the process even though the ten of pentacles is in reverse um it's here and so it's saying that this ultimately is a gift that's going to come back to you setting this foundation for future generations so that they don't have to struggle um, with finances, but also so that they don't have to struggle with overexerting themselves in relationships and underperforming. I don't know if that's the right word. Not necessarily underperforming, um, but uh, under empathetic, I guess. In, in relationships and not just romantic relationships but in friendships and things like that um, because we all have our we all have our uh, way of interacting with the world and sometimes when you're with people who require too much you can't get to where you're going and then if you don't step up to the plate you can also miss where you're going and so it is about money but it's also teaching good energy dynamics with other people and how to have a good balance so that um, you and your future generations don't overtire themselves overwhelm themselves and end up losing this legacy to keep this legacy and keep it healthy and thriving and to keep it righteous, <laughs> to keep it righteous, okay? So we're going to do um, some African oracle cards, and then we'll get into the 
dream time for today as well. All right, let's see. Let me put these cards up. Let's put these cards up. All right. I'm going to be so happy when I get a studio and stuff. And, and the podcast is... Uh, more professional and things like that. It's going to be so fun. Okay. So let's see what the African Oracle deck, what information is here. Ooh. Ooh. So we have the number 34, which is a seven, which is a real spiritual number. Um, and the goddess Nundi with truth. Truth is the foundation to a stable foundation. A lot of people can build a lot of things and maybe sustain it for a period in time, but ultimately what's going to last through the generations um, is truth. Ooh, we have Yamaya with Awakening. We have the Harvest card. Mawalisa with Cosmic Power. Ooh, and Katesh with Sacred Lust. Number 26. Oh, and at the bottom we have... Ejerli Dantor with etheric chords in number 27. Oh, so we have 26 and 27, which is fun. Oh, and today is the 27th. That's fun, too. That's a, that's a six. Okay. So, <clears throat> hmm. what is Mama Lisa's number two, right? Okay. Then we have 43. Mm. Let me see here. There, there's also a message here from the African deities, right? Because there's Shirley Dantor, if you're not um, familiar with her, which I, I don't know too much about her. I have heard of her before. Uh, she has two children with her, and they all have crowns and a halo. Um, and it's very reminiscent of uh, the Mother Mary, but it's very interesting because like a very stark difference that I see is that a Julie Dantour in one of in one of her hands has a machete. And so it's like <laughs> like I'm a mother and I'm about my kids and I'm loving and I'm, you know, all these different things, but I will if it comes down to it, um I will protect my children at all costs. And that's an interesting perspective because I know a lot of people can resonate with that. I can resonate with that too. And that um, is a spiritual uh, right to a certain extent um, down here in the lower dimensions is to be able to protect yourself. Um, however, the message that I'm getting here with Katesh, um, with sacred lust, is this thought of making sure before like if you don't have a family already or if you're out of a relationship and you're looking for a new relationship you know or you're thinking about starting a family or if you're even before all of that and you're just kind of you know by yourself right now the the biggest truth that you can have which is kind of about Libra and Aries, another dynamic, because Libra, I found, especially having Libra children, um, they can be very, very, very helpful people. 
very embracing people. Um, like their logic about emotions and connection is very spot on. And so we have a jaded Libra. It's it's a very interesting dynamic. <laughs> I mean, between Libra and Pisces, those are probably the scariest two people, um, two people, two dynamics to see like out of whack. I mean, Capricorn's pretty vicious, um, but they're still most of the time, even if they are out of alignment, there's still like this moral code though, especially kind of sort of with Virgo as well, unless they go like way off the deep end and like their moral code is like to kill you or whatever for their deity or whatever. Um, But my point is that with some people, there's still like some type of ethic dynamic. I, I find with Libra and Pisces, they don't necessarily really have that. Um, if they are, (laughs) if they are really, really, really dated. But my point here is that, uh, the bigger truth of a situation is who you decide to get into a relationship with and who you have children with ultimately is going to determine the, is ultimately going to determine the, uh, the ability of your why am I missing the word of your lineage, but your what is the word uh your bloodline your you know passed on empire you know uh what is the word why am I missing it um, <laughs> um you know what you pass on your legacy we'll just say legacy um will ultimately determine what your legacy looks like. So the foundation of this information also has an undertone of when, you know, using your sexual creation energy in a very um, specific and intentional way, as far as the truth of it is going to come down to whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a partnership in a business, you know, whether it's, you know, um, you know, coming together on a project or coming together with a, a nonprofit organization, the other elements of this that you decide to come together with are ultimately going to create how far this legacy will go. And there's almost like a message here that I don't usually give, um, but I see it here of there's not enough cosmic power in the world. There's not enough manifestation ability in the world. There's not enough spiritual awakening that you can have to solidify a foundation that starts off broken. Um, and there's not an amends to be made. And I want to say that. It can start off on a shaky foundation. It can start off kind of wobbly. It can start off, you know, nothing starts out perfect. However, when we realize that it's shaky, when we realize there's something off, if both parties are not willing to make amends on this, the foundation is going to crumble. So be very wise, as wise as you can, to take your time 
with the foundation and with the information that you get with this new way, this new perspective, this new awareness of opportunities. Be very specific with who you share it with and how you share it and what you decide to build with it. Because right underneath truth, which is the number 34, is harvest, which is 43. And it's almost like showing an inverse relationship between a truthful, whole, genuine foundation and the amount of harvest that it can bring. Where we know that you do with the Zerli Dantor being the bottom of the deck, the overall energy, we do know that you have the option to protect yourself. You know, like let's say it's about a business and it, it goes south, even though you kind of had a feeling that this person you're starting a business with was shaky, you have the opportunity and the ability to protect yourself, to take them to court, to sue them, you know, to get what's yours. That's in your right. However, what would be the better thing to do before any of that gets started or before you go any further in it, knowing that it could be a possibility, is to honor that truth and be like, you know what, we've gone really far in this project. We need to stop because I don't feel like we are compatible in making this thing long term. Before we start, I feel like there's some things that need to be adjusted before we get in a relationship because where we are as people right now, I don't see that going to magically change because we're in a relationship. Before we, you know, are intimate with each other, especially unprotected or anything like that, before a child comes, because that's what comes with sex, um, we need to sit down and seriously um, date each other, get to know each other. We need to seriously um, explore each other as friends and build a relationship together before we do such an intimate thing and we create some a child, we create a person that's going to exist for a very long time. Um, there's some energy like that coming through of being very discerning and slowing down and taking your time to build this foundation, to build this home, to build this project, and to be very specific with who you add into it um, so that it lasts because there's only so much that spiritual law can do um, based on the people we surround ourselves with. You, you can't out-manifest a bad decision. Now, what you can do is take actions towards rectifying that decision and doing the best that you can with that decision. And eventually, as you continue to make better choices, the universe will find or create a path for you for your life to be better and be fulfilling. Um, but there has to be a the buck stops here or let's build in in a mature and solid foundational way for this to go in the right direction, okay? And I'm going to say it because maybe someone here needs to hear this, but, <laughs> but I literally just heard like somebody's ancestor come through and is like, you're not about to deal with a drug dealer. It's not going to happen. You're not about to, to deal, you know, you're not about to start a business with someone who gets their money in a funny way and think that your business is going to sustain, it's going to fall. 
um, uh, checking the character because spirituality, spells, ceremonies, rituals, you know, spiritualists, healers, practitioners, shamans, blah, 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 uh, can only do so much with a foundation, okay? So that is here. All right. So that was a pretty long introduction to everything, and but I feel like, you know, everything that I said is relevant to what's going on. So hopefully you got a lot from it. Um, and it made a lot of sense. And it puts a lot of things into perspective. And that with this new moon energy, you come together and you manifest these solid, really, really healthy um, foundations in your relationship, in your career, with your energy, with give and take, with give and receive. Um, that's my overall message here. And that when opportunities present themselves, that you can be receiving and open um, to expand. Okay? All right. So let me put these cards up, and then we're going to be talking about dreams. All right. Now, this is going to go in a little bit of a different direction but it's still relevant though so let's talk about this dream okay so this was this was probably a while ago let me just check the time okay because it's like 124 right now oh that's two and two a lot of two and four energy here um so this dream was like a while ago this might have been like three or four years ago actually that I had this dream it kind of stuck with me um but now in this space in life um I'm starting to understand the depths of it and it goes again to this thought of like you know when the brain knows then you can see clearer you know sometimes we see things and you don't quite have all the different layers of the interpretation of what's going on until you get more realizations and more knowledge and more wisdom. And you start to see the layers of things. So this dream I had, um, it was a very vivid, very lucid dream. Um, and I was uh, coming out of the airport and I was waiting on a car and I didn't quite remember where I was going but I definitely knew that I was in the right place and someone was coming to get me from the airport. So like I said, I didn't know where I was or anything, but I knew somebody was coming to get me and I was in the right place. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I had um, one of my uh, mentors from my early 20s um, pick me up from the airport. Um, and it's really significant because his birthday was like two days ago. Um, which is also um, June 25th is also my, uh, I used to call it my nap anniversary, but it's like the, the day that I also decided to like cut off my hair and liberate myself and start taking care of my natural hair, which is very important. Um, and that's actually before I met this, this mentor um, and realized that his birthday was the same day. And of course, it's all cancer energy, which is super fun. Um, 
And so anyway, so I see him and I'm like, oh, hey, um, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, good. I'm glad that you could come, you know. And this guy, he's like a man of very few words, you know. Um, so he's like, I'm glad you could come. Let's get going. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So I said, I don't really know where we're going, but I know that he was waiting on me, that we're going somewhere. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to take the ride and see where we go. So all of a sudden... <laughs> We end up and we're like driving on a frozen lake. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm not freaking out, but I'm just kind of like, how are we driving on this frozen lake? So we're driving on the frozen lake and out in the um, middle of the lake, I start to see there's groups of people, okay? So there's like... um four or five different groups. There's um, one teacher. I start to realize there's one teacher and like four or five students in each of these groups, okay? And so I'm like, oh, okay, I must be coming to talk to the group. So I'm starting to kind of, as I'm, you know, driving closer towards them, I'm starting to gain the consciousness of what's going on. So I'm like, oh, okay, I must be coming to help them teach a concept or something like that. And so we finally park on this ice next to these groups of people. And these kids were young. They're probably like 11, 12, 13, you know, like that preteen kind of age, you know, almost preteen age, not quite fully teenagers, um, boys and girls. Um, and like I said, there is like one teacher in each group. Okay. And so um, I get out of the car and one of the teachers, who I'm guessing was like a supervisor or something over it, but he was also teaching a group, um, he comes up to my mentor and he's like, you know, I'm so glad that you brought her. And he shakes my hand and says, I'm so glad that you can come. Um, we really just wanted you to come and demonstrate your technique to them so that they can understand this. And so as he's talking to me, I'm hearing what he's saying and I can feel like buzzing. And so I'm like okay, the concept. Okay, sure. And so he's like, yeah, if you could just show them the technique and how you do it, we would love to see that. And I was like, okay, the technique. I'm like, okay, what technique are we talking about here? What what, what am I supposed to be showing them? So I'm like, okay. So I start looking around to get context clues. So I noticed that this guy, um, so the kids, now I don't necessarily remember it being ridiculously cold out there. I don't remember it being super cold, but the kids definitely were not like in mink and fur coats. <laughs> I'm just saying like they weren't in like super thick coats um, and neither was I. But I did notice that the teachers were in these very beautiful blue, um, um, sort of like gold-designed, uh, Russian-looking, um, Russian-looking outfits. And so as I'm looking at them and I'm studying the details of it, and it's like this blue that's like so beautiful, like I can't even describe quite what color it is. Um, it's kind of like a teal blue and like an ocean kind of blue, but the fabric is also kind of like a silk kind of sort of kind of fabric or something. I don't, I don't know textiles and stuff like that, but it was very specific. (laughs) Like it's not like a run of the mill outfit. Like 
so I'm studying it, I'm looking at them, I'm looking at the kids' faces, and I'm like, oh, okay, I remember this, I remember this. And so literally, I like transform into this guy that looks just like them. And so he's like, thank you for coming. Um, And I noticed that they're shamans, that's what they are. These guys are shamans, and they're teaching younger generations the way of these shamans and so you know shaman is like a catch-all term I can't remember exactly who the term originated with but you know I'm just using shaman here to denote that you know they were energy workers you know um, uh, medicine men you know um, this kind of concept you know they had understanding of different levels of consciousness and how to interact with these different uh, realities and so anyway, so I I transform and I have my blue gold intricately designed shaman suit on too. And I'm like, oh, the technique. Okay, I remember it now. So I'm a guy now, okay, in a suit like them. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I remember what he's talking about. And so literally, <laughs> and this is really cool. Um, I can literally feel energy coming into my hand on the left and out on my right. And I literally just um, push the energy around my body down underneath my feet. And I start to move the ice away from me so that you can see the water underneath. And then I push the water underneath away from me so that I can submerge myself below the ice into the water. Okay, and then I just start to bring my energy back up and everything starts to form back together. And then I come back out of the water and out of the ice. And then I'm sitting, I mean, standing on the ice again. And so the kids are like, whoa, 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 you know, kids stuff. You know? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, so they're like, how did you do that? You're levitating and moving the water and stuff and so I explained to them and I'm like there's energy all around you and what you're doing is figuring out how to manipulate the energy around you some of that energy has formed into the things that you can see like ice and people and you know water and some of it you can't necessarily see with the naked eye the particles but the concept of air being nothing um, is not really a thing. <laughs> the air is full of particles. Everything in reality has, it's not quite the right term, but like density to it. There, There is no quote unquote empty space. Everything is something. <laughs> and so I was like, eventually when you can feel the energy you can feel the energy that you can't see with your visible your visible eye and you learn how to push it out of the way and so I'm not literally levitating in air this esoteric concept of air I'm literally standing on energy that you can't see that I have concentrated into my feet and then I am pushing the water particles away from me and creating a sort of barrier between the inner between the energy that you can't see in the water so that the water is just not like on my face. 
I'm pushing the water particles away from me and then I'm coming out of it and that's how I reverse it and so I was explaining to them that it's a very um quote-unquote scientific way of doing it that getting into these different realms of reality getting into these you know interacting with these different spirits and things like that is a very uh quote-unquote scientific it's not necessarily scientific but it is a study of different types of particles and how to move them in a very physical and tangible way. A lot of people in the spiritual community are very mind focused, not realizing that the mind extends into physicality. And so what you're doing with these, you know, seemingly impossible things um, actually are quite possible when you realize that everything around you is energy. And a lot of the issue with doing these things um comes down to character i say that first and foremost character because <laughs> certain energies that's all i'm not getting into that but character development is number one because there are certain things that you don't have access to if you don't have a good character now you might be able to pull off certain things you might be able to you know um get to certain goals in life and blah 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 without good character but there are certain realms and certain beings and energy that you cannot tap into unless you have good character which is where like the real energy shifting reality dynamic things come from um but secondly besides that um is uh i don't know if it's called sensationalism i don't know if it's it quite but being able to feel so like feeling energy you know feeling the blood rushing through your veins if you focus on it you know um when you shake someone's hand being able to feel the energy going through their body which would easily tell you whether they're you know good intentions bad intentions whatever um but some type of way uh, on a mass scale not just personally, but on a mass scale, people have been desensitized to energy. And so they actually are not pulling in energy or sending out a lot of energy because they can't feel it. And it's like a mind-body connection of results, getting results, um, is mind-body connection, especially consistent results. So I wanted to share that dream just to put it into the atmosphere that a lot of goals that we have, a lot of manifestations we have can be achieved in many different realities, even outside of the traditional manifestation with your mind and positive energy of your heart. It can be seen also in science. It can also be seen in numbers. It can also be seen in, um, you know, everyday blue-collar jobs, memory through wood you know um through construction and building you know that's psychometry being able to touch and feel but you know there's many different modalities to getting to these but the the key things for this um are character and being able to feel which goes into your shadow work which goes into you know um sort of relieving yourself of mental boundaries so um, one thing that I'm doing personally in my life right now is that I'm studying uh, neuroscience (laughs) 
and how the brain and also the endocrinology, you know, the hormone system, how they're interconnected with each other um, to get a scientific, a more scientific study of quote-unquote psychic phenomenon and things like that. You know, your aura, quote-unquote aura, is your EMF field that you give off, which is measurable. And so it's kind of like just translating it down into physical reality and it can be translated in physical reality so that is what I wanted to talk about today friends I know that that was quite a lot of information and um hopefully you got the energy of what I was trying to relay and translate um hoping that it makes sense and that it's something you can utilize and that it helps you to get and stay on and progress even further on your highest timeline um, and to even help out the collective. So I will definitely be talking to you guys again really soon. I'm sending you lots of love for this new moon in Cancer tomorrow and I hope that you set some really great intentions and that they manifest into reality exactly as you desire. And we will be back again soon with another podcast episode. Bye. Man, I'm loving your vibe. Man, I'm loving the vibe.